All right, so I'm, I'm glad to see the discussion is going well, and uh, hopefully that will continue. Um, now, if you go into the comments section on any uh, article that mentions religion or um, almost anything, um, or you just read a column, you even go to Reddit, I don't know if you ever visit that, but you're going to find some interesting comments on there, and you'll find some um, reasons why, why people have an issue with God or religion. And so here's a few I, I found, and it didn't take uh, much work to find them. But it's about time all religion was banned. It's been the catalyst of every armed conflict since time began. No wonder many people, or no wonder many treat it and its followers with the contempt it deserves. And so there's just kind of one opinion towards uh, what we would say organized religion. Um, here's another one, and it's, it's harder. Um, but when my baby had cancer, God didn't help. Science did. Trust in God, your God who controls everything, yet somehow isn't solely responsible for my innocent baby's cancer. I mean, when you, you have conversations like that, or um, you see something, it, it's hard to know how to respond to that in a, in, in a right way. It, it's kind of a difficult one we often don't know even how to deal with. Um, Richard Dawkins, he said this, How thoughtful of God to arrange matters so that wherever you happen to be born, the local religion always turns out to be the true one. Um, and I mean, there, there would be some people say there's, there's truth to that. Um, now, we live in a culture where many people's worldviews, they just don't, don't incorporate God, or um, at least the Judeo-Christian idea of God. And so this means there's going to be kind of, again, a clash of worldviews with Christianity because we disagree on some major issues and issues that we, we tend to feel strongly about. Um, we, we have a lot of feelings. We have a lot of opinion about it. Now, A.W. Uh, Tozer, um, he says this, All of the problems of heaven and earth, though they were to confront us together and at once, would be nothing compared with the overwhelming problem of God. That he is, what he is like, and what we as moral beings must do about him. So I just want you to take a few more minutes and discuss this question. Why is God's existence a problem that every human being needs to wrestle with and provide an answer for? All right. So God's existence is a problem for every person simply because if God exists, that has huge implications on everything. Um, God kind of defines all of those or speaks to most of those big questions that our worldview asks about meaning, morality, um, our origins, eternity. And so that, that has a huge impact on how we look at and understand the world. But if God doesn't exist, um, that also has an impact on how we look at and understand everything. Like if you, like I don't want to get too far ahead, but as soon as you remove God, you remove essentially any, any meaning to life. And so that's a huge, huge question. So God's existence or non-existence, it changes everything. Now we live in a postmodern world where truth is something that is uh, seen as relative or subjective. And so you can believe whatever you want to believe, and that can stand in stark contrast to what I believe, but they can both be true. Um, and that's just kind of the time we're living in. And we're, we're living in a time where you're not allowed to tell somebody that what you believe is 
is, is true or more true than what they believe because that would just be mean and hateful. And the worst thing you can do in our culture is hurt somebody's feelings. Um, but, and that's the time we're, we're living in because like, if I disagree with you on something, I'm considered to be a bigot or hateful. And that's just the, the times we're living in. Now, um, G.K. Chesterton, he says this, to believe in everything is the same as believing in nothing. And so believing in one thing means you have to challenge, you have to exclude other things. You, you just need to. And so for me to say Bill is at the movies right now and then say Bill is not at the movies right now, that, that doesn't work. Saying, saying Bill is at the movies right now excludes the, th- the, the possibility that Bill is not at the movies right now. Bill can't be both at the movies and not at the movies at the same time. But, but we're living in a time where there's a lot of inconsistencies in people's um, worldviews, and, and they don't necessarily really think about it they're, because they're not necessarily thinking about the things that inform um, their worldview or the way they think. Now, to believe that every person um, is right about the big questions of life when there are so many different answers that contradict everyone, um, that's just kind of absurd. We, we, we know that's not real. And we, we know that like, even though the view is popular, it's popular because it's an easy view. It, it's convenient, but I think most of us, we get skeptical about things that are, are too good to be true. They're, they're too convenient for us. And so all of us, we're a skeptic, we're a doubter at some level. Um, and so as Christians, we have levels of doubt and skepticism about different things. Like if I start talking about Thor as if he were real and just like someone, a real God, you would start going, Thor doesn't exist. If I start talking about how we, we go to worship Aphrodite, you'd be like, that Aphrodite's not real. Um, and so as Christians... We have different um, things that we're skeptical. We doubt them. Now, in the same way, I, again, I don't know where everybody necessarily is spiritually here. And so you, you might not believe in God at all, for all I know. Um, or you might reject some of the Christian ideas about him, some of the things Christianity teaches. And there's also the fact that you might just not really think that much about God and, and how he pertains to life at all. And so... Um, I don't, again, I, I don't know where everybody is, where they're coming in, but there are times in life where you're going to be forced to think about these big questions. Um, times of sickness, birth, death, near misses, you're, you're forced to think about those things, about God, about humanity, eternity, morality. Just kind of an example. Uh, September 11th, 2001. Um, most of us can remember where we were um, the moment we heard that news. I was in my cafeteria, grade eight, and a teacher kind of came by. No, I, I'm young. When I say, um, but like, I, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that. And that, that, that moment changed the world. And so what's kind of interesting is that in the wake of that tragedy, many people exhibited renewed religious commitment. And so Gallup polls said that attendance in churches the week after, the weekend after um, those attacks, it went up 6% in, in North America, which that's a huge, huge jump for churches. And so at some point, I'm not saying it's going to take a terrorist attack, but every person is, is forced to think about those big questions. And so in this study that we're going to do over the next uh, 
10 weeks roughly. Um, we're, whether you're Christian, whether you're non-Christian, firm in your faith, undecided, firmly against faith, um, I want us to be open to examine our doubts and think about all the implications of what we believe about God and other things and, and take time to examine the things um, that are informing our worldview and how we understand the world. And if you do this, like if, if you honestly engage with the stuff we're going to look at, one of two things will happen. You, you might lose whatever faith you have. You might go, you know, Christianity is the farce. The evidence isn't there. Why do I actually believe this thing? Or your faith might grow. And your faith might actually come to define your life and play more of a prominent role in it. And it will affect the way you live, the way that you look at the world. And so this study, uh, it's, it's mainly based off of a book by a guy named Mark Clark, and he's a pastor actually out in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And he, he was an atheist. Um, he wrestled with the existence of God scientifically, historically, philo- philosophically, um, all before he became a Christian. And so what he does is he presents his findings in his book, The Problem of God. And so that's kind of going to be the main um, source of of material. That's where we're going to be kind of working out. Of, but at the same time, uh, some of the stuff I'll be saying has been kind of influenced by other teachers, guys like C.S. Lewis, Timothy Keller, William Lane Craig, Gregory Kukul, Ravi Zacharias, and, and a few more. And so these guys would say they're apologists, they're Christian thinkers. Um, now the questions that, that led Mark to write the book that we're going to study are questions that a lot of people wrestle with. Um, questions about evil and suffering that come from um, experiences we have when we live in, in a world with sickness and abuse and death. Um, as Christians, I, I, th- I think most of us, at some point, we wrestle with the reliability of the Bible. Because like, we put a lot of, of faith in this book. And, and so, is it true? Is it, is it trustworthy? Why is it, why is it different from any other religious writing? We wrestle with the legitimacy of miracles that you read in Scripture. Um, sometimes people will talk about the dark history of the church, where it's, it's done some pretty bad things. Uh, violence, judgment, times of hypocrisy uh, for Christians. We, we wrestle with the doctrine of hell. How could a, a supposedly good God allow people that um, we would consider good or innocent how could, how could God allow them to, to go to a place of everlasting uh, torment? Now, here's the thing. We've got a lot of questions about uh, these things, and, and the world has lots of answers. Um, and essentially, it's kind of like you can believe whatever you want, whatever you want to believe. It's true for you. It's good. It's all going to end happily ever after for everyone anyways. That's kind of what we, we kind of get um, told. But I, I don't think we, we accept that deep down. And we know that not everyone can be right about God and life because everything, there's so many different answers. And it's, it's actually impossible to live with that view that everybody is right. And so I think we want to believe what is true. And as Christians, you want to know that you're not staking your eternity on something that's not true. Um, you want to know with as much certainty as possible that what you believe about, about God, the Bible, Jesus, eternity is true and, and that you're not kind of hedging your bets on something that is completely false. Um, and so we've, we've kind of looked at this, but these are the topics we're going uh, to be covering 
over the next few weeks. And so uh, tonight is just the introduction. Then next week we kind of get into some of the more fun stuff. The problem of science, uh, the problem of God's existence, the problem of the Bible, the problem of the Christ myth. November 6th is the problem of hell. Now, um, I just booked a trip for a conference that week. Um, So we're going to figure that week out still. Either I might try to see if I can get somebody else to teach it or some other options. If we have to, we might push things back just by one week, but we'll figure it out as we get there. Um, November 13th, the problem of sex, the problem of hypocrisy, the problem of evil and suffering, the problem of exclusivity, um, and the problem of of Jesus. And so um, in this study, we're going to explore... Uh, these questions. And, and so what I'm hoping is what we're not afraid to examine our doubts and maybe even lean in on those ones instead of running away from those things that might have made us scared before. And so to have, have faith in something, whether um, that's your religious or non-religious views, you're probably going to require a certain amount of information. And again, none of us um, believe anything really simply because somebody tells us it's true and take my word for it. I think we all want evidence. And so maybe you're sitting here going, you know what, to believe in God, anybody who claims to believe in God takes a giant leap of faith. It it takes a lot of work to get there. And maybe you've never really thought about why you believe in God or looking for evidence. And so you could be sitting here going, I'm just here because somebody brought me along. There's zero evidence for Christianity being true or God's existence apart from Scripture. And so every idea about God and humanity and everything, um, it should have evidence behind it. We shouldn't just accept it. And so if you're a Christian, I think, again, we want this informed faith rather than an assumed faith. And this is what the study is about. It's showing that our faith, it it is an informed one. It's not just something we assume based off of uh, older things. Now, years ago, people said by the time my generation um, grew up, that faith, religion, it it would probably be dead in the West, um, that it just wouldn't exist because things like technology, science, um, human knowledge would have shown, you know what, we've proven God doesn't exist. We've shown religion to be a thing of the past. We don't need it. But I think now that we're living in this time, we see it's actually quite the opposite. Um, A lot of people are are very, very spiritual. Um, and so the conversation has changed, but people aren't abandoning spiritual questions in our culture. And so instead of actually abandoning it, we've, we've actually opened up to more conversation about spiritual things. Um, the conversation is way more open than it was like even a generation ago. And so think about it like celebrities, um, when they're, they're talking about their lives and the things they do. They talk about connecting to the transcendent or, or whatever it is all the time. Um, think of Oprah Winfrey and the guests she will have on her own network, I think it's called. Um, often there's, there's a lot of spiritual elements to those things. And so spirituality, it rings true, even virtuous, to, to most people in our culture. Now the question is, what parts of spirituality is true? What parts of spirituality are real? And so I just want to take a few minutes to discuss this question. Why do you think spirituality still rings true and even virtuous to people today, 
even in, in the age of technology and science and knowledge. So why do you think spirituality still rings true? All right, so um, I'm just hearing some of the different conversations taking place at the tables, and I, I think for the most part we, we all have this agreement or this uh, knowledge that people are searching for spiritual uh, things. Now, that doesn't necessarily come in the form of, of Christianity. Um, it comes in all shapes and forms. Like I, I can't remember, I, I, I looked this up last year, but the amount of uh, religions that, that are out there in the world is just like astounding. I believe it's high hundreds of thousands, not, if not into uh, the millions. And it's because like people can essentially write their own religion these days, and that's, that's perfectly acceptable. And and we, we crave spiritual things, even if we don't have definitions for what our, our spiritual beliefs are. And so um, what, what Mark Clark is kind of getting at is he says, the desire we have for the spiritual, that might actually be meant to lead us somewhere more defined. And so essentially saying, God has hardwired the spiritual need into us, and a lot of people are searching for what they desire, but they're having a hard time finding what it is they desire. And so they're searching and creating, just trying to find that thing that, that fulfills that need that, that is in each person. Um, and so I, I, to be honest, I don't think it matters how far we progress in, in technology and science and how much knowledge we have, that need is still going to be there. It's going to be a craving uh, that we, we feel. Now, um, we're meeting in a church. I'm employed by the church, and so obviously I'm going to have a bias towards Christianity um, being true. Now, here's the thing. A lot of those, like, one of the reasons we're doing this study, one of the reasons um, that I think this is important is because I have a lot of interest in it. I, I was at a point in my faith before where it was like, I needed to know what I claimed to be true and what I was kind of staking my life on um, was true, that it was credible. Again, I didn't want to have just an assumed faith that I inherited from my parents. I wanted to know that what I believed held up. If you put it under scrutiny, I want to know that it was true. I want to know that there was evidence um, there. And so I I believe that Christianity, it holds up, Um, that the evidence is there, that it answers the questions that, that we all have better than any other worldview that there is out there. Um, I I think Christianity presents a rational view of the world. I think it has a distinct view of the world. It has good answers to those questions of origins, meaning, morality, destiny, beyond any other worldview, beyond any other religion um, or or secular idea in all of the world's ideas. Um, And so I'm hoping that through this study, we're going to see that the Bible, Jesus, and everything else that orbits around Christianity, when you put it under scrutiny, whether that's historical, scientific, philosophical, I struggle with that word, um, scrutiny, that's going to hold up. And I'm, I'm hoping that at the end of our time together, you're going to see that there's power to Christianity and there's a soundness to Christianity that you won't find in any other worldview. And so again, whatever your beliefs are, um, wherever you stand in your relationship with God or your whole feelings towards Christianity, here's what I, I, I want us to do. I want us to have courage to doubt the things that we might have doubts about. I want us to um, just, for a while, open up 
and, and hear these arguments, hear the evidence, and see that there might be something more to Christianity than we've ever considered. And so the question you need to ask yourself is this, am I willing to follow where the evidence leads? Um, we're going to look at a lot of evidence throughout this, this series, and it's just like wherever you are, will you follow where it points to, um, whether that is pointing towards God or pointing away from him. And so uh, for the rest of the time, what, uh, what I want us to do, or for your leaders, is you've got a, a, the questions there. And so you can begin working at question six, and you can manage your time however you want, uh, but go through the rest of those questions. And again, if, if something else comes up at your table, you want to talk about that, go there. These are just there to guide the conversation.